This is episode seventy-five. It's called "Epilepsy Fact or Fiction." Well, hello there, everybody. As you can tell by the title, this is an epilepsy-focused episode. It is an Apple episode. <laughs> hmm. I thought I could make that work. I clearly could not. This episode is meant for purple people. So that is anyone who has epilepsy or anyone who loves or cares for someone with epilepsy. But it's also for anyone who just wants to learn more about seizures or what it is like to live with epilepsy. I think it would be an especially good listen for family members of someone who's been newly diagnosed so that they can maybe come away with some impactful or actionable information and maybe some helpful resources, but mostly just as a way to help them feel more supported during a super stressful time. And it would be nice if we could offer new families a sense of direction or some kind of empowerment maybe by arming them with the tools that they're going to need to advocate for and support their loved ones as they begin this epilepsy, I'm going to use the word, journey, you know? So this is a quickie 30-minute or so listen where we hope that listeners will gain a deeper understanding of or respect for what life is like with epilepsy. We did an epilepsy-focused episode last year, and we are quite proud of it and proud of our guests who shared and spoke so eloquently some of Avery's friends, especially, you have to listen. There is a link to that episode in the show notes. Um, It's kind of a hard one to top, but we wanted to talk even more about epilepsy because there's so much more to share. So this year, we decided to change it up a bit by offering a quiz, which we totally made up, to sort of gauge how much we do know about epilepsy. So the quiz, and I'm using that term loosely, is near the end of the episode. So Take the quiz, and if you want to score yourself out of 10, and then let us know on Instagram how you did, that would be awesome. As an FYI, um, I live with and love a person who has epilepsy, and um, I actually created this quiz, and I only scored 8 out of 10. So yeah, I've never been super great at quizzes. Anyway, good luck, and thank you for being here. And as Avery says, let's do this thing. Hey, everyone. It's a very bright life. It sure is. Your life is so bright. I gotta wear shades. We are so happy that you're here with us. Let's do this thing. Also, before we fully dive in, there is this. We are very excited to have Epilepsy Canada on board as a partner for this episode, Lisa Gray, who is the Director of Marketing and Volunteer Relations for Epilepsy Canada, and just a really kind, supportive person, she and I started chatting like a while back on Instagram. We obviously have a lot in common, our love for social media, uh, love for, or in my case, more of a tolerance for cats, and most importantly, we have, we share a personal connection to epilepsy. So, when she reached out to suggest that we partner on a podcast episode for Epilepsy Awareness Month, um, I was all, be still my purple heart, yes. 
Okay, I didn't actually say that. You always think of those things after. I said something more like, we would love that. Um, but yeah, it's the same vibe. Anyway, so here we are. We are doing our second epilepsy dedicated episode. And so I guess to start, in case you're new here, my name is Lisa Thornbury. I'm Avery's mom. Hi, everyone. My name is, is Avery. I'm 16. I have chromosome deletion. Part of my syndrome is epilepsy. I was diagnosed when I was three years old. I take my medicine every day to control my seizures. So sometimes I, I still get frozen, but it's okay. Avery had her first seizure when she was about three years old, and it was completely unexpected and super scary. Uh, I think that first one, we believe it was brought on by a fever and we kind of hoped that it was just a one-off. Uh, it wasn't. She had another status epilepticus seizure shortly after that one, followed by a few more in the coming months. And just so you are aware, a status epilepticus seizure is a life-threatening situation that occurs when a seizure just goes on and on and on for too long, and it requires medical intervention to make it stop. Epilepsy is diagnosed when a person has two or more seizures that aren't caused by a known medical condition. So Avery was officially diagnosed with epilepsy and started on meds when she was about three and a half. And the first meds that she was on did not work at all. So we switched neurologists, not because of that, but for another reason. And he ended up putting her on a different medication, which stopped her seizures pretty much for about a year. And then they started up again. So he added an additional medication and that combination or polytherapy, uh, it seemed to be the magic ticket because since then her seizures have been very well controlled, touch wood. Um, but though every year she has a, an EEG and it shows that she still has significant wonky electrical stuff going on in her brain almost constantly, but we rarely see any outward seizures. And trust me, we are always watching. So yeah, so that's the Coles notes about our epilepsy situation, um, early days to now. So let's now listen to a way less blabby Lisa, shall we? Here's Lisa Gray from Epilepsy Canada to explain her connection with epilepsy and a little bit about how Epilepsy Canada is dedicated to finding a cure. And like I mentioned before, Lisa and I do have cats in common, and you might hear her cats rattling around while she's recording her story. And she's so cute. She apologized for the feline intrusion, and I was all like, uh, yeah, this is a very cat-inclusive podcast. Avery's cat, Kevin, barges in at least once or twice every time we're recording pretty much every episode. So it is all good in the kitty hood, whatever that means. Here's Lisa. My name is Lisa Gray, and I'm the Director of Marketing and Volunteer Relations for Epilepsy Canada. Epilepsy Canada is a national charity dedicated to positively affecting the lives of those living with epilepsy. We were founded in 1966, and our sole mandate is to raise money for epilepsy research with the objective of finding a cure. 
I'm so grateful for people like Lisa and Avery who are using their voices for change, who are doing the heavy lifting of advocacy, who are educating, who are creating safe places for community. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to come on their podcast, especially during Epilepsy Awareness Month. So thank you, Lisa and Avery, for having me. Epilepsy Awareness Month is particularly important to our charity because not only does it help us amplify our mission and our goals to a more captive audience, but it gives us the opportunity to challenge myths and help dismantle the stigma of epilepsy. One of the ways we've been doing that throughout the month of March is by having people share their personal stories through our Faces of Epilepsy campaign. Uh, This is an awareness campaign I created a few years ago, and it's uh, a campaign that features the brave people who are breaking down the stigma of epilepsy by sharing their stories publicly. I've loved reading all the stories we've shared. Some have been motivational, some have been gut-wrenching, but mostly I've been so inspired by people's passion and calling to raise awareness and build community to support one another. I think the act of sharing personal stories is so important. It's important to our charity, and it's important to the epilepsy community in general. So on that note, I'll share mine. I've been with Epilepsy Canada since the fall of 2020. I came to work for the charity to run their social media channels, and the job grew from there. It was a role that I was very excited about uh, because my role with Epilepsy Canada is not just a professional one. I have a very deep personal connection to epilepsy, and that is that my father lives with epilepsy. He was diagnosed the year before I was born. Um, I grew up knowing about his epilepsy, but it was always shrouded in a bit of mystery. We didn't talk about it a lot. I do remember knowing he had it because he never drank alcohol, so it always came out in conversation in social situations where people would be drinking. When I was about 10, I witnessed one of his seizures for the first time. We were at home and it was a pretty terrifying experience as I'm sure many of you who've witnessed your loved ones have a seizure can attest to. I don't remember a lot of talk about it after the fact. I think like most parents, mine wanted to protect me. And I think my dad's way of protecting me from this was to not talk about it. He never wanted me worrying about him. Luckily for our family and for him, his seizures were mostly managed by medication. He was able to drive, he had his independence, he was active and athletic, he played hockey and baseball, he ran marathons, did triathlons, he coached all of our teams. He was really involved and a happy, funny dad. Growing up, he was my hero and I adored him. Unluckily for him, The side effects of the medications that were allowing him to stay seizure-free were diminishing his quality of life in pretty significant ways. I'd maybe even go as far to say that the side effects of his medications were almost more detrimental than the disease itself. Over the years, I saw huge changes in his personality, a decline in both his physical and his mental health. He went from a super athletic, very fit person to someone who had terrible tremors and would just fall from standing. He was overweight, he was sedentary. He went from a dad that was always joking around to someone who you had to be careful with your words around 
for fear of him flying off the handle. Not only had he become someone who'd lost his passion and hunger for life, but he became a really angry person with a scary temper. Uh, Clearly, in retrospect, he was depressed, though none of us labeled it that. By about 2015, he was not a man I recognized anymore. I'll never forget we... um, organized a small surprise party for him for his 60th birthday. And we were all so excited. We had been planning for weeks in secrecy. And the night of his party, his reaction was fury. Ten years earlier, a surprise party like that would have delighted him, thrilled him. Fast forward a decade, and he was just genuinely angry. I know there were tipping points for him, many tipping points. And he realized he had to make a change to save his life. He was lucky that he was able to change neurologists and that his new neurologist changed his medication. For over 30 years, he had been on the same medication and no one had thought to change it. Why? Because when his doctor asked him, my dad would say he wasn't having any seizures. And that was the metric, the only metric, no seizures. His quality of life had deteriorated so badly, but the only thing that they were looking at, the only thing they were considering, were seizures. My dad was very lucky. When his medication was changed, many of the drug side effects were reversed, and I felt like I got my dad back. So, fast forward, I now work for a charity with a mission to fund research to find a cure for epilepsy. Our core mandate is to fund research. And I can easily speak to the importance of this mission because my family and I are the personal beneficiaries of advancements in research and science, epilepsy medication. We we are proof that Epilepsy Canada's mission is essential. So it's part of the reason why I feel so steadfast in my commitment to this charity and this job and why I feel we must continue to advance research but it's also the flip side of a really hard coin because not every family's experience is the same as ours. For over 30% of people living with epilepsy, they are living with intractable epilepsy, which means their epilepsy is drug-resistant. So while there is progress, like the advancements in medication my dad benefited from, there's not enough progress, and it's not happening fast enough. So we must continue to fight to find a cure. We must continue to share our stories. We must continue to raise awareness because I truly believe that more people talking about epilepsy with more voices lifted together can create greater change. And that greater change, that greater public knowledge and understanding about epilepsy will lead to more research dollars aimed at finding a cure. See, isn't she an awesome Lisa? She is an incredible advocate, and we are very grateful for people like Lisa Gray and for charities like Epilepsy Canada for the work they do in March around Epilepsy Awareness Month, but also all year round. I think people have become increasingly aware of epilepsy, but a lot of what is known about epilepsy might be wrong because epilepsy is a disease that is surrounded by mystery and misinformation. And of course, some of that misinformation is probably harmless, but some of it can end up harming the people that we love. 
because uh, people think they may know about epilepsy, but living with this neurological disorder, whether you have it yourself or you're caring for somebody who does, it is very involved and it is more than just managing seizures. People with epilepsy have to deal with the psychological distress that comes from um, the uncertainty and the fear that comes with this disease. And it can take a toll and it can also have a significant impact on mental health and just overall quality of life. One way of reducing the stigma, I think, is by trying to dispel some of the myths and misinformation around epilepsy. So I tried to put together a wee 10-question epilepsy factor fiction quiz for you to see how much you know about epilepsy with the intention of spreading even more epilepsy awareness. And I tried to find some less lesser-known facts At this point, we all know that you shouldn't put your fingers or a spoon or anything into somebody's mouth when they're seizing, and also that it's impossible to swallow your tongue. That has been shared a lot, so I think we're good. Uh, So maybe there are a few facts here that you aren't aware of. So grab your number two HB pencil for this quiz. Can you tell I used to be a teacher? Here we go. Number one, epilepsy is a rare condition, fact or fiction. Got your answer? The answer is fact. Epilepsy impacts about 1% of the population, which does make it a rare disease. However, for a rare disease, it is fairly common. So one in 100 people will have epilepsy at some point in their life. So this means that most schools, which usually have a population of 100 plus, may have multiple children with epilepsy at one time. So the chance of you knowing somebody who has epilepsy is is pretty probable, right? All right, number two, women may experience epilepsy different than men. Fact or fiction? Got your answer? This is a fact. Women can suffer from a subtype of epilepsy called catamenial epilepsy. um, And this is when seizures cluster around a woman's menstrual cycle. So this is likely due to hormonal fluctuations. And for some females, seizures might increase during ovulation or menstruation. So lucky women. Um, And not part of the quiz, but a related side note, there are a few seizure medications that can cause serious birth defects in babies if a woman is taking those while she's pregnant. So it's very important that females with epilepsy who are planning to become pregnant, that they consult with somebody knowledgeable about those issues. So we're not there, but I'm just saying for those who are. Number three, there are wearable devices that will detect and alert wearers or caregivers to seizures. Fact or fiction? I don't know why I'm saying that so aggressively. Okay, you got your answer? The fact, oh, sorry, the answer is fact, but I will also accept fiction as a correct answer because yes, there are wearables and apps that are meant to detect and alert people to seizures, but they're not always accurate. So people like Avery, who don't shake generally when they have a seizure, well, at this point anyway, um, she is very still during absence seizures. And so devices that will detect repeated movements or shaking, they do not work for us. And we talked a bit more about this in our previous epilepsy episode, about how we use an Apple Watch for Avery that monitors her heart rate and respiration. And we use that as a means of alerting us to anything unusual. It's not 
um, the be all and end all, but it's just an added layer of, of protection, I think. And hopefully one day there will be something that works more effectively and consistently for all types of seizures. And I was going to add talking about seizure dogs here, but they're not, they're not devices, obviously, but for some families, a seizure dog does provide some comfort. So anyway, that's a whole topic in in itself. Um, Number four, flashing lights will trigger most seizures. Fact or fiction? The answer we're looking for here is fiction. I know, I got this one wrong, actually. This is new to me, but only 3% of people with epilepsy will actually be affected by flashing lights, which is called photosensitive epilepsy. So most people with epilepsy do not have seizures that are triggered by flashing lights, which would have probably been an excellent thing for me to know before we went to Disney and I rode every ride with Avery with my hand firmly covering her eyes um, on any ride that had flashing lights. She was not a fan of that. Um, And by the way, you would be very surprised at how many amusement park rides actually have flashing lights or strobe lights. It's not until you feel like it's your duty to cover your child's face every time that you really notice that. Anyway, moving on to number five. For most people with epilepsy, the main type of treatment is with drugs called anticonvulsant drugs or anti-epileptic drugs or shortened to AEDs. Okay. If you answered fact, you get half a point. It is a fact that up to 70% of people will stop having seizures or have their seizures greatly reduced with the correct medication. However, here's where I lost a few points. The term anti-seizure medication has replaced the old term of anti-convulsant drugs. And this is because epilepsy therapies suppress not only convulsive, but also non-convulsive seizures. So we can't call it that because the medications cover both. We're not totally wrong if we say anti-epileptic drugs, but the term anti-seizure medication is replacing the term anti-epileptic drug more and more because such drugs... And on that note, people tend to prefer the term medication or medicines over drugs. So such medications don't cure epilepsy. They just suppress the seizures. The seizures are suppressed while the medications are in the body. So it's a management, not a cure. So there you go. Half points for that. Number six, medication is the only effective treatment for epilepsy. Fact or fiction? The answer is fiction. We are super lucky in terms of finding the right meds for Avery, but as Lisa Gray shared, her dad's experience with medications was was really challenging. There are more than 20, there could be more, I think around 20 anti-seizure medications, and it can take a while to find the right medication or the combination of medications that work best for you with the least amount of side effects, but most people do well with medication most, but not all. There are people whose meds stop working or who never find medications that work for them at all. So they might explore surgical alternatives or medical devices like a VNS device that might be more effective for them. Number seven, anyone can have a seizure if the circumstances are right. Fact or fiction? 
This is a fact. Now, most people will not have a seizure under normal conditions, but one in 20 people will have a one-off seizure at some point in their life, maybe as a result of a brain injury or an illness. So, yep. Number eight, seizures are painful. Fact or fiction? Okay, this is generally false. Pain during a seizure or ictal pain is quite rare. However, some people might experience pain after a seizure due to a fall or to an injury during a seizure or because of prolonged muscle contractions. And as well, some people can experience a headache before, during, or after a seizure. Number nine, there is a cure for epilepsy. The answer is fiction, not science fiction, but fiction that will hopefully soon be transformed to fact by science. And the more research is done, the sooner the cure. So let's go research. Okay. And number 10, the final fact or fiction quiz question is, if a loved one is diagnosed with epilepsy, your family is on your own. Good luck with that. Fact or fiction? (laughs) Of course, this is 100% fiction because although it can definitely feel lonely in the beginning, especially, you are not alone. You are never alone, not even close. There are tons of resources. There's blogs, there's articles, there's videos of the yin yang. Um, There are some really amazing social media influencer advocates out there. You can find in-person epilepsy support groups if that's your thing. Or if you feel more comfortable, especially in the beginning, communicating more incognito online, there are some incredible private Facebook groups that you can join that are comprised of families who have a ton of advice to share. I think I found some of my most valuable information from other families because they're like, they have a vested interest. They're living it, you know? And uh, I do realize that a 10 question quiz is a tiny drop in the bucket in terms of educating the public about epilepsy, but it's a start. Our goal is to get people thinking and talking and caring because greater public knowledge and understanding about epilepsy is going to lead to more research dollars aimed at finding a cure. That's the end game, you know? And I should add that while provincial and regional epilepsy organizations across the country, they do the important work of providing support at the grassroots level by educating people and connecting families and by providing the social services like employment services and counseling and the support groups I was talking about and summer camps, things like that. Epilepsy Canada is a charity that is dedicated specifically to finding a cure for epilepsy. And back to an earlier phrase from the beginning of the podcast, I say, be still our purple hearts. How incredible will that day be? The day that we're like sitting there scrolling through our news feeds on our phones and we read a headline that says, a cure for epilepsy has been found. Oh my God, that chokes me up a little bit. <clears throat> so the more we get people talking about epilepsy, understanding epilepsy, caring about people and families who have epilepsy, the more people are going to be invested in finding a cure. Yeah. So what can we do? Like and share posts about epilepsy when you see them online. Share podcasts like this one and others that educate about disabilities like seizure disorders and epilepsy. And 
Make sure you follow organizations online like Epilepsy Canada on social media and take a minute or two to visit their website to find out more about the work that they're doing and to also read some of the stories from their Faces of Epilepsy Awareness campaign. It's a beautiful campaign. So thank you again to Epilepsy Canada for supporting this podcast and to Lisa 2.0, aka Lisa Gray, (laughs) for sharing your story with us. And a huge thanks to everyone who listened today. And let's end with Avery and a very special joke just for you. What is my cat's favorite color? Hmm. What is your cat Kevin's favorite color? Purple. Like purring. Then purple like mixed together. Purple. That's fantastic. Um, may I tell a joke? Yes, you Okay, may. I'm not very good at telling jokes, but I'll try my best. So the other day I was in this super long lineup behind a purple family and I was in a bit of a rush, so I had to ask them to mauve. Really? <laughs> not really. What is mauve? It's light purple. Yeah, I'm just going to leave the jokes up to you. Okay. Thanks for listening. Your support means so much to us. So thank you for sharing the podcast and for cheering us on. It is amazing to see this bright, beautiful community growing in this way. If you have a question, an episode suggestion, or you just want to say hello, we would love to hear from you. So reach out on Instagram or send us an email. Or you can show off your techie prowess by leaving us an audio message by clicking the message button on the Spotify for Podcasters homepage. That link is in the show notes and on the podcast page on the Very Bright Life website. If you liked what you heard today, please consider leaving us a review. More positive comments and five-star reviews nudge the algorithm to deliver this content to more ears. Thanks for listening, and we'll chat with you again soon. Bye.